0: This is Annapolis Colts, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the inaugural edition of Culture Uncut. I am your host, Jason Spears, and I can't tell you guys how excited I am to start this new endeavor with you. Love doing things for Colt fans. I love trying to get the best information for Colt fans, and I think this is the best of both worlds. I'm going to be hosting this on my own solo, so please be gentle, because obviously you guys followed us, we've we've been doing the For the Culture show since 2016, and Luke has hosted pretty much 99% of every one of those shows, so I'm going to be a work in progress as a host, but hopefully you'll bear with me as we go through this together, but I'm really, really pumped up and excited to talk Colts football with you and to share my views on different subjects and different topics within the Colts organization. But before I get into you know, the meat of this podcast, and let me just say, for a first podcast, I have a lot of stuff to hit on. And you guys added some, some I asked for some help as far as things that you guys wanted me to talk about, and you guys gave me some great, great ideas, and I'm definitely going to talk about those in this episode. But before I do that, I kind of just wanted to give you an overview of what this show is, and where Luke and I stand, because there's been some rumors and stuff that I kind of want to put to bed. First of all, above everything else, Luke and I are are cool. Everything is great. We talk every day. We run ideas by each other. Uh, He helps me a ton with stuff that I don't know much about as far as editing, producing, all that kind of stuff. And we, we really share ideas, and we work well together, and that's why we've been together since 2016. So as far as podcasts go, he and I work really, really well together, and we will continue to do that. Uh, We're going to do the For the Culture show during the season, You know, the review, preview of every game, whether it's preseason or regular season or postseason, every week. You guys know how we do. There'll be some Q&As, some interviews, all that stuff. That will go on during the season. I'm not sure where our draft coverage is going to be yet. We're still talking about that. It could be on the main channel. It could be on this channel. But no matter what, it's all under the For the Culture umbrella. It's all going to be on YouTube, and it's going to be on all the platforms that are available. So you don't have to worry if you want to listen to it on your way to work or whatever on your way home from work. It'll be available on Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, and it'll be available on YouTube. So everything is going to be posted on the For the Culture YouTube page. And, you know, we kind of came to this understanding because... If you guys don't know this, Luke really works his ass off during the season. He produces every show. He edits every show. uh, He does a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody, you know, that goes unseen, not by me, but by, you know, most people that just listen to the show. And so he gets kind of burnt out by the end of the season. And he wants to talk about something different and do something different. So he's going to do the Luke Diamond Show. And I think he's already done five episodes, four or five episodes. ...of that show, and they're all up on the YouTube page and on all the platforms. So if you guys want to check that out, I would highly encourage it. He's got some great, great takes on some interesting topics. So that's that's where he's at. And for me, I just want to talk Colts all the time. You know, I, I just, you know, I go through the season, it's up, it's, it's down, but it's fun to talk stuff in the off season too. And I'm going to talk a lot of, you know, a lot about a lot of different topics on this show whether it's Hall of Fame stuff, whether it's past players, whether it's, you know, putting together my all-time Colts team. It's going to be a lot of different things, you know, some information maybe that I'm hearing that's going on behind the scenes, all that stuff. I'm just really, really excited to do it, and I kind of just wanted to put that rumor to bed that that there's any beef between Luke and I. It's absolutely Not the case. I couldn't ask for a more supportive partner as far as partnerships go. It's one of the reasons why we've been together since 2016. Got to be one of the longest-running Colts podcasts, and we work really well together. So that's not going to change. It's all going to be under the For the Culture umbrella. So I just wanted to kind of put that stuff to bed and uh, let you guys know what was going on and where we were at. And so here we are, the first edition of Culture Uncut, my show, and I'm really excited about it, you know, just kind of having the control over what I get to talk about. It's really exciting, and and I'm really excited to do it for you guys, because I know how much Colt fans love Colts football and want to talk about it 24-7, all 365, you know, and that's the way I am too, and uh, there's really no off-season, so pumped to do it and uh, without further ado let's kind of get rolling into this so I wrote down some topics that I wanted to talk about and cover obviously the big one is Carson Wentz and so what I know about Carson Wentz is this the team wants to move on it's the same as I said as as the season ended the frustration built over the last part of the season with their inability to have any type of passing game A lot of people have have talked to me and and said things to me about weapons. And part of that I do agree with. But there's no excuse for some of the mistakes that he made. Some of the misses he had where he didn't check the ball down. And he's just somebody that's so volatile as far as not even game to game, but just within the game. You, You can't win like that. And so the Colts... I, I really believe, you know, just want to move on. They, they've made the mistake, they've owned the mistake, they're going to move on. There is definitely a trade market for him, which is shocking to me. But there are multiple teams that are interested in him. And I feel like, you know, that, that to me is a shock. Only because he he's close to getting two guys fired. I mean, you got Doug Peterson fired, and, he, and he's working on Frank Reich, honestly it kind of blows my mind that he's so sought after and and by that i mean there's there's 3 4 teams that are interested in him and and a lot of people have asked me what do you expect to get back honestly i have no idea some of that's going to depend on you know how many teams are interested can they can the colts kind of play each team against each other i do know this the colts are definitely going to eat salary to get a better return for Carson Wentz but for me My opinion is when you make a mistake, you rip the Band-Aid off and you move on. And I know people don't want to keep jumping quarterback to quarterback, but this guy is not the right guy. The, the, The question I would ask you is if you put him on any other roster in the league, would you think they'd win the Super Bowl, the team that he went to? Put him on the Chiefs. Do they win the Super Bowl? No. You put him on the Bills. Do they win the Super Bowl? No. You put him on the Rams. Do they win the Super Bowl? No. He's not good enough. And what, the, and what the Colts are about and what Ursay is about is trying to win a Super Bowl. He's not going to own this team for much longer. He's going to pass it to his daughters. He wants a Super Bowl before this is over. Now everybody's also asking me, who is going to be the quarterback? I have no idea. All I know is they are unearthing, lifting, you know, every rock, trying to find any upgrade. It doesn't matter. They're shooting for, you know, elite talent like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. But obviously those are, you know, situations that have to play themselves out. We're just a couple days removed from the Super Bowl. So who knows what's going to go on there. But I promise you, they are, they are digging and looking everywhere to find a solution to this problem. A more accurate quarterback. A quarterback that can read defenses, get rid of the ball, check it down. Do the things that you need to do just to move the ball. And and that's what the Colts really need to do. They've got some weapons on offense. They're not totally bereft of of offensive weapons like some people believe. They've got Pittman. They've got Taylor, who's one of the best in the game. Pittman, I think, is coming into his own very, very quickly ascending to a number one wide receiver. I think they are absolutely going to go after somebody in free agency to pair with him. I'll get into that in a minute. But as far as Wentz goes, it's, he's just not good enough. And you saw it down the stretch the last eight games. They weren't winning because of him. They were winning in spite of him. He had no game-winning drives this entire year. And the games that he did lead a comeback in were games where he you know, threw pick sixes right before that. So the bottom line for me is you have to rip the Band-Aid off. I, I understand the argument that you don't want to keep jumping quarterback to quarterback. But they made a mistake. Everyone knows it. It's time to move on. And you just, you know, you get, you, you, go and you try to find the best possible option that you can find. And that's what they're going to do. Ursay is committed to building the best team he can. He's committed to finding the best quarterback he can. So is Ballard. I think you're going to see a totally different offseason. And I think they're going to find a guy that fits what they want to do. And I think the Colts are going to be fine. It's just going to be a matter of getting the right guys in here as far as free agency goes and, you know, moving out Wentz and getting something for him, which I think will happen. The day to watch, people keep asking me, is it going to happen sooner or later? Sooner rather than later, I'm not positive. I don't know. Because you don't want to just get rid of them to get rid of them. You want to try to get something for them so... It's going to play out how it plays out, whether that's in a week, in a day, in a month. It'll be before March 18th, but I'm telling you, the Colts are going to try to maximize what they get in return, which they should do. So, as far as Wentz goes, people also ask me how, we, how he's thought of in the locker room, and this is what I would say to that. He, It's complicated, but at the end of the day, he's just he's a guy... That's quiet, he's not a he's not the leader that they talk about that he is. It's all talk like when you when you hear these guys come out and talk about him, it's always prefaced by a question from the media. It's not unsolicited praise, so what that means to me is they're just walking the company line and and guys, you have to understand. Nobody on this roster, and the one thing about this Colts roster is the culture is strong. And no one on this roster, whether it be Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, or anyone else, is going to come out and badmouth a player under contract. That's not how this team rolls. They're not going to come out and say a bunch of bad things about Carson Wentz. But I'm telling you, from, from the beginning, I, this, this relationship has been just not good. In my opinion, he comes in, he's automatically given the captainship, which I think is ridiculous. He did nothing to earn it. It was just given to him. He's coddled. He makes the same mistakes over and over again and there's no accountability for it. That's got to end, and that ends with trading him. He he's not a guy that you know, is super competitive that's in the and you know, that that studies the film and knows you know, coverages and all that stuff, and he should be that guy. He's going into year seven. He is what he is. So is he well thought of in the locker room? No, he's not, and that's part of the reason they're going to get rid of him. He's not a great leader, and I I can hear it now, people are going to say, you know, that's not true, so-and-so said this, so-and-so, it doesn't matter. It's all talk. The bottom line is when you watch him on the field, did he look like a leader to you? When the when the chips were down and the pressure was on, was do leaders fold or do they step up? Well, this guy folds. And the, and you can cite this touchdown-interception ratio, and you can cite he doesn't have weapons and go down all the list of excuses for him. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is he's not good enough, and he's not going to be the quarterback for the Colts in 2022, and they are going to move on. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other questions that people asked me about him specifically, I, I get the question repeatedly. You know, who's going to be the quarterback? I can't answer that. They're still looking. I mean, it's like I said, it's a week after the Super Bowl. Free agency hasn't started. They're just looking everywhere. I told I told you guys at the end of the season, they're going to upgrade. They it, it's about upgrading the position. They want accuracy. They want a leader. They want a guy that comes in the huddle and demands respect and a guy that's voice carries weight, and somebody that's willing to step up and and, and be the kind of leader that this team needs. And you don't just get... And and, and I just want to say this. I don't... And and a lot of people probably don't think this is a big deal, but it really has stuck with me and bothered me. You don't bring in a quarterback who immediately gets hurt, have a vote for team captain, vote and, and, and... you know, all the guys that we saw being voted team captain or voted team captain, and just, and Reich just gives him the captainship. That's not, that should never work that way. He should earn it, and he didn't do that. And it speaks to him being coddled throughout his career. He's very soft mentally, and it is just, it's just the way he is. It is what it is. Reich has to get away from this. I want all my friends on the coaching staff, I want all my friends as players. This was a bad decision by Ballard, a bad trade, and the Colts just have to move on. So that's really all I can say about it. If you guys have any more questions in the comments, I'll be glad to try to answer them. But again, everything is 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 moving parts right now. There's no solid. Oh, this guy's going to be the quarterback, and this is what's going to happen. So some of the, what I'm telling you might not actually happen. I, he's going to get traded, but. You know, not everything that I, re- that I hear or I report is, is guaranteed to happen. It's just what I'm hearing. And I'm trying to get you guys the most accurate information as I can, but I'm not always going to be right. And things that, you know, for instance, I got a lot of crap over free agency. That is a constant moving part situation. I mean, from hour to hour. And you have to understand, and I sometimes I think Colt fans forget this, Just because the Colts want a player, doesn't mean that player wants the Colts. What I mean is, Indianapolis isn't for everybody. Some players want to go to big cities. Some players want to go play with certain coaches. Some players want to go with certain players. So just because the Colts are interested in guys, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come here. Now, there has been an issue with Ballard willing to spend money. I think that changes this offseason, and... And I think it has and I think it will change because they're on the hot seat. And that's the next thing I'm going to talk about. This is a hot seat job right now, both GM and head coach. What that means is people that are prospective coaches that are looking at coming here are weighing that because they understand, okay, Ballard's been here what? Five years. Reich's been here four years. And so like it, it's time. Like they haven't won any conference or excuse me they haven't won any divisional titles and this is not a strong division they've only won one playoff game i mean it's put up or shut up time for these guys and so when you look at guys and right now i'll just give you an example grow was miserable this last year the wide receiver coach part of it was because he didn't get hired as the offensive coordinator when when he should and i i believe he should have as well but he didn't get it and he was frustrated and another part of it is trying to deal with a quarterback that doesn't take coaching. That's not fun for anyone either. So you know he bailed. It was a lateral move, but he—I mean—he was miserable the last season in Indianapolis. That's not a good look for anyone. Um, and then you look at the defensive staff. They—they've they've hired a couple of guys that have been with Gus Bradley throughout his career, but the position coach that we had to have that we had to hit on was D-line coach and we have swung and missed on three guys. And so I don't know what they're doing there, but the the situation is this. When you're looking at an opportunity, okay, to go to the Colts who could be a one one and done situation or going to a new regime where you're probably going to get multiple years to coach there. They're going to choose the other regime because, you guys, sometimes people forget these coaches have families, right? And you want stability for your children, for your your wife, for your family in general. Do you take a job where it's a hot seat job and you don't know if the coach is going to be there and it could only be a one-year thing and you're going to have to move after one year after you've just moved and you've got your kids in the school there and all that? These are things you have to take into account with some of these coaches. They're looking at the Colts job and they're like, nah, why would I go there when I can get the same amount or more money going somewhere else? That's another thing. The Colts don't play their, pay their assistants nearly enough money. But That's a whole nother story I'm not going to get into now. They're going other places where they're going to get more money and they have more stability. It's that simple. And so it's going to be tough, man. Gus Bradley has his, his work cut out for him defensively because I don't think he's getting his first options at D-line. You know, they did get... His long-time secondary guy, which is great. And his long-time linebacker coach, which is great. But for me, the most important defensive spot as far as coaching goes is the defensive line. We cannot have any more bad coaches at that spot. We haven't had a good D-line coach since I don't know when. So maybe Tierlink. I, I I'm trying to think of who we've had. Definitely in a not not in the last five years. So... That's an issue with the coaching staff, and that's why you haven't heard anyone named, because they're, they're trying to find the right guy, but the options are slowly dwindling. And so I, I really hope they can unearth a guy that can, that can come in and do a really good job, maybe a young guy that hasn't had an opportunity. But then again, do you really want to go that route with a guy that doesn't have any experience as a D-line coach? I would prefer a guy with experience that's developed players, but at this at this point, as this time passes on, can beggars really be choosers? I mean, they've got to make a decision at some point, because the friggin' combine is in what? It starts March 1st? So, they've got to get this coaching staff, you know, both on offense and defense, upgraded and and settled and ready to roll, and it's just not to that point yet, so... That's certainly a concern. I do like Gus Bradley as a coach. I think if given the proper players, he the, his his scheme can succeed. You know, I want to give a shout-out to Zach Hicks. He's done a really good job of kind of breaking down Gus Bradley's defense and the important positions in it. You guys should check that out. If you haven't got a chance to, check out Zach Hicks' Twitter. It's on there, and I think it's on SI as well. I think that's actually the link, SI and he breaks down the you know the positions that are important on the defensive line. And I really like our defensive line, but I certainly think that it definitely needs to be upgraded as far as just depth and talent all around and really just in general to make this defense work. So just you know kind of covering the coaching thing, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. My offseason thoughts on free agency, are, are simple. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to go out and try to get an offensive tackle. I think Dwayne Brown's an option. I think you look at wide receivers. There's a lot of options available. I think you're going to see them attack that. They want to pair somebody legitimate with, you know, somebody that's proven with Mike Pittman on the outside. I think you're going to see Paris Campbell get another opportunity. Um, and, I just, and I think they're going to draft a guy. I think you're going to see an overhaul of, of the wide receiver room, and I think you're going to see some new faces in the tight end room. I think you'll see Mo Alley-Cox back. I would be shocked if Jack Doyle was back. expect them to probably go out and sign a tight end or draft one to go along with Kylan Granson to kind of fill out that position, but I do think they're looking to upgrade both of those. They need more playmakers. And going back to Carson Wentz, the argument with him is, is, you know, he doesn't have enough playmakers give him more playmakers the problem with that is he's so inaccurate and he doesn't like he he's just not quick with his reads and when he does have open guys he overthrows them when he has guys open in the middle of the field he doesn't look at them if you break down the film with him it's just brutal the last eight games there were guys open these this this fallacy that you know he didn't have enough weapons or there weren't guys open or whatever. It's the same garbage that they they said in Philly, you know. It's there's just at what point is it is it you know do the excuses stop and the guy that's behind all of this gets the blame? It, It I mean because it's all excuses. It's all it is because Reich has schemed guys open. There were guys open in the in the Jacksonville game, in the Raider game, in the Patriot game. In the Arizona game. I mean, you can go down all all the games. There were I mean, and he just doesn't make the right play. He's too volatile. I, honestly if, if you kept him and got a bunch of weapons in here, by the end of the year, everyone would be bitching about how much money we wasted on these guys. They'd be like, Why did we sign DJ Chark? We he don't ever throw to him, or you know, why does he why did we do this? He does we don't get him the ball. Kinda like Naheem Hines. We signed him and then immediately didn't use him. So this argument that he's going to get all these weapons and suddenly become, you know, Joe Montana is it doesn't hold any water for me. He holds the ball too long, he makes poor decisions. It's year friggin' 6, now going into year 7. He is what he is. If he can go somewhere else and succeed, God bless him, but it isn't going to be here. And uh, honestly, guys, if Frank Wright can't get him to play well, who really is going to get him to play well? I mean, honestly, like and that's the thing. He started off okay, you know, solid, but his last 8 games, he regressed so badly. The whole, I mean, we had to run the ball 40 times a game to win. And nobody wants to do that in a passing league. You know, I advocated for running the ball all year because I saw that was the only way to winning. And that's what we I mean, that's what I care about. I just want to win the games. We all want to win. And when your quarterback can't throw you to victory, he's not the right guy. He didn't throw us to any victories this year. And even in the game where he had 400 yards passing, he had a horrible fumble inside the 10-yard line in that game that, that you know, led you know the fumble that we would have had points, and if we don't turn it over there, we win. So, I mean, there's, it's just not the right guy. And I can't say that strongly enough. His intangibles suck. He doesn't work hard enough. He's not that competitive. He's not in the film room enough. He doesn't know defenses or protections well enough. He doesn't check the ball down. He makes bad decisions. He forces the ball into double coverage too much. He throws too many left-handed shovel passes. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on. Those are facts. He does all those things. And people ask me, you know, what happened? When did everybody turn on him? Well... For me, what I know is it was the last eight games. He just regressed into 2000. He he was, in the last eight games, he was arguably worse than Jacoby Brissett was in his last eight games of 2019. And you can cite touchdown numbers and all that, but he was bad, bad, bad. Awful. Awful. And so you can't win like that. And so I think Frank kind of got his fill of Carson Wentz. You know, and I've heard some stuff about like, You know, the vaccination and, you know, that stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm sure that pissed off Ballard and Reich and all that. But at the end of the day, if the dude goes out there and balls, it doesn't matter. If he goes out there and plays well, then none of that crap matters. It's The issue is he's not playing well, and he's, he's just not what they thought they were getting. And by that, I mean Reich. Reich thought... He would, you know, he would revert back to 2017 Wentz, and I think we're seeing that was an outlier. So, here's where we stand: the front office is doing their due diligence, they're watching film, they're breaking down free agents, they're trying to decide what guys to go after. They're, they're, you know, in the middle of this quarterback mess, trying to, you know, work out the trade market for Wentz and, and trying to get the most value they can for him and move on. So there's a lot of moving parts, plus they've got to hire the rest of their staff. They've lost some guys on the offensive side of the ball, and they've lost guys you know, or they haven't haven't been able to get guys that they wanted on the defensive side of the ball. None of this is good, by the way, for stability of the organization or anything else. But at the end of the day, if they can somehow find a quarterback, a lot of these issues resolve themselves. So I know this is a lot of information and a lot of, you know, question marks and moving parts and all that, but I'm just telling you what I know. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, people keep asking me, you know, sooner or later, it by March 18th, guys. He'll be gone by March 18th. That's all I can tell you. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I have no idea. I know they're looking at everybody. Obviously, Rodgers and Wilson were the two guys that they Really wanted to go after, and I still think we'll try, are trying to go after, but it's easier said than done. Again, those guys have to want Indianapolis as well. It's not just a one way street. So they're gonna figure it out. They're gonna, you know, like I said, turn over every rock, try to find the right guy, not just you know any guy, but the right guy for this offense, an accurate guy, a guy they can you know, work the seams, a guy that can check it down, a guy that makes good decisions, a smart player, a leader, a competitor, somebody that's going to be in the film room, you know, studying defenses, understanding protections, all the things that Carson Wentz really wasn't, and that's what they're looking for, so that's what I can tell you on that, Um, and just, you know, kind of getting into, you know, my thoughts on Frank Reich, I love him as a coach. I think as far as designing plays and being a guy that gets the most out of quarterbacks, he's second to none. I, I love him as far as that goes. But there's things about him that are starting to really bother me. And I'll get in I guess I'll I'll get into specifics. I, I didn't like the you know, I didn't like the captain thing. Um I don't like the way that he staffs his you know his coaching staff with with friends not necessarily great coaches or good even good coaches just friends I mean you look at Baker Milanovic Press Taylor who he brought over from Philly for some reason I have no idea I guess it was to coddle Wentz like he was coddled in Philly because that's what he did there Uh, how Press Taylor got an OC job is beyond me but that's hilarious and funny and I'm glad he's gone He didn't do anything. I think we have a bunch of yes men on the staff. I I, I think I would love to see him hire some coaches that challenge his way of thinking. I think Sirianni did that. I think Sirianni challenged Frank in ways that other coaches haven't that we've had on staff. And and I'm not a big fan of acquiring a bunch of yes men to kiss your, your coach's ass. I'm just not. The only way you can grow as as a coach, in my opinion, is to be challenged. And I don't really think they had a guy on staff this past year that really challenged him. Not Marcus Brady, not Press Taylor, not Scott Milanovic, not Mike Groh, not any of those guys. So I really hope that they bring in somebody as far as whether it's a passing game coordinator, wide receiver coach, whoever it is, that will challenge Frank Reich in the sense that, you know, push ideas. Let's try something different. Let's, you know, let's do this, let's do that. You know, make it more of a, a tense situation and not a buddy-buddy situation. And, and Ballard's always talked about that. You know, the competitive kind of tension that you have with players, with coaches. That's, that's not bad. That's good. It's not negative tension. It's positive tension because you're driving to get better. And one thing I just don't like about Reich is he's just surrounded himself offensively, I mean, with guys that just kind of say yes to everything he says. And I really think they missed Sirianni more than I really expected them to. Because as far as I know, he's the only guy that's really kind of challenged Reich on some of, his, some of his philosophies and some of his ways of thinking with, with everything. And so they need to get a guy in here that really will do that. And, you know, just going back to Wentz, you just look at how bad his mechanics were all year. I just. Great players want to be coached hard. Carson Wentz notoriously hates being coached hard. He hated it in Philly. It's why he threw a tantrum and basically quit after the Green Bay game. He didn't like it in Indy either. He didn't want to be coached hard. And when you're not coached hard, you see the mistakes that are made. They're made repeatedly the same ones. It's not like a fallacy. That's true. Great players want to be coached hard. Peyton Manning, coached hard. Andrew Luck, coached hard. Phillip Rivers, coached hard. They want to be the best. They bust their ass. They're 24-7 football. That's not Carson Wentz. It's just not. And that's the kind of guy they need to get in here. And who that is, I don't know. But I know they're going to do their damnedest to find the right guy. And as I said at the end of the season, there's nobody more pissed off than Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard. And some people are like, well, we don't want a knee-jerk reaction from the owner. I agree. You don't want a knee-jerk reaction. But you also don't want status quo when you shit the bed down the stretch when all you had to do was beat the Raiders or the Jags who were the worst team in the NFL and seemingly the only team that they can beat is the Indianapolis Colts, that's an issue. Another thing I don't like about Frank Reich is he runs a country club training camp. They don't hit enough, they don't do enough you know, physically before the season starts and that's why we have slow starts every year. Similar to Chuck Pagano, same deal. Country club training camps do not work if you want to start fast. We don't start fast. We haven't started fast since Peyton Manning was here. We're generally 0 and 2 every single year. The only year I, you know, the only couple years I can remember that we weren't 0 and 2, or at least losing the first game. Hell, we when was the last time we won an opening game? Actually, 2013. I mean, that's ridiculous. So I don't like that about Frank Reich either. It's country club training camp. That doesn't build. It, you know, it doesn't build you up for a fast start in the regular season, and you and you've seen how far we get behind the eight ball when you start so damn slow. You can't start slow in this league and win a division. I mean, we were out, we were pretty much out of it at one and four, then three and five with two losses to Tennessee, in which Carson Wentz played two of his worst games, and that's another thing. You want your be- you want your quarterback to play his best games and his biggest games. Carson Wentz did not do that, ever, at all, this entire year. People are arguing with me about keeping him, and the argument is, well, who are you going to get that's better? I don't care. I just know it's not him. I do not care. I just know it's not him. And we'll have, you know, it is what it is. You make the best of the situation, but I know it's not him. I want to feel positive about this team, and I think the first step to that is getting something for him and moving on um and i just think frank has to do better. Frank has to coach better, you know, from monday to saturday. I think he's got to do better with training camp. There were no OTAs last year. That can't happen this year. Ballard's really kind of got to be more demanding, i think with Frank Reich. I think they're too i think they they've kind of gotten too close and i think Ballard needs to do his job better. And I think Frank Reich will then, in turn, do his job better. I think they've gotten comfortable, and that's not a good look for anybody. I expect Ballard to go after a tackle in free agency, a safety, wide receiver, tight end, defensive end. I think I think you're going to see him be aggressive. I do think they're going to try to re-sign uh, Lewis. I'm not sure about Ture. I'm sure they'll get Gus Bradley's input on that. But I do think you're going to see a major upgrade to the roster. I do think you're going to see him spend money. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a trade or two, whether that's, I mean, obviously, Wentz is one. But whether another guy to watch is Ryan Kelly. And I love Ryan Kelly, but the thing is, you're paying him a ton of money. And Penter came in, and in the short time that he played, I was super impressed with him. I thought he did an outstanding job for a young player. He's on a rookie deal. If you can get a good, you know, a high pick for for Kelly. I really, really consider it because the Colts need as much draft capital as possible and and I think that will help them do what they need to do and get to where they need to be by adding talent to this roster. But they certainly need to add depth at a lot of positions. But they absolutely have to get a wide receiver to go opposite of Pittman. Um, There's a lot of options in free agency. Uh, They need to add a a situational pass rusher. Um, I think you're gonna see Dio and Quiddy start at the ends to you know to begin with. Or maybe not. Maybe they go out and they make a splash and get Chandler Jones, and then you know, Dio's kind of a rotational guy, comes in for buck at the three tech or whatever. We'll see what happens. But I definitely think the Colts are going to make much more noise in free agency this year than they have in the past. And if they aren't able to get the right guys in here, I'm telling you guys. I wouldn't be shocked to see Ballard or Reich fired after this year. They've got to make the playoffs next year. They've got to find a way. And if they don't, we'll be starting over. And it sucks, but I mean, how long do you give a regime? I mean, next year is going to be year six of Ballard, year five of Reich, and we have one playoff win and no AFC South championships, and it's a crappy division outside of Tennessee. So, I mean, that's where we're at right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. But I remain positive that something good is going to come out of this. I trust Ballard to figure it out. I trust Ballard's talent evaluation. I trust Reich to what to, to get the most out of whatever quarterback comes in here. And I fully expect that to happen. Uh, I still believe in the players on this roster. I think the roster is certainly good enough to win with a quarterback that's not as volatile as as Wentz and just makes the right plays. I think the defense is gonna be good. I think you've got a good coordinator, knows what he's doing. I do think they need to add to the to the coaching staff. But all these things are doable. I don't think the Colts are are in as bad of a position as I did before because there's a trade market for Wentz, which is you know, which is a positive. You get anything for that guy. You know, especially anything fourth or below. I mean, if you get a, somehow end up with a second for him, I mean, I'm signing up for that. You know, every day of the week. So that's where I, you know, that's where everything stands as far as I know. Again, it's only a few days after the Super Bowl, so dominoes have to fall. Quarterbacks have to make decisions, whether that's Wilson, whether that's Rodgers. Whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean Derek Karst, they're talking about an extension for him, but who knows with that? Um, whether it's you know going to the scouting combine uh, and fa- falling in love with a the quarterback there, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? That's why you know that that's the off season. We have to kind of wait for it to play out, um, you know. And and like I always tell you guys, I'm not going to be hundred percent right about all this stuff because there's too many variables. But I always try to give you what I hear, the intel that I get. And, you know, I'm going to be wrong sometimes and be right sometimes. But I'm trying to get you the best information I can. And that's really all I can do. So I'm going to wrap this up and say thank you guys for supporting For The Culture for all these years. Hopefully you will continue to support Luke's show. And hopefully you'll continue to, to you know, or hopefully you'll you'll support this show as I'm going to, you know, continue to try to get better at hosting, obviously get you the best information. I'm gonna, you know, elicit idea or excuse me, I'm gonna solicit ideas from you guys for, you know, what to do with certain shows. Try to be more interactive and, and be more positive because I know a lot of people think I'm super negative, but where where, where the Colts are at and the way the season ended, it was hard to be super positive about that. But if you go back and listen to some of our shows, you know, when it's When positivity is called for, I'm all about it. I mean, you go back to the 2018 season, it was, you know, I was super positive. And 2020 and and throughout some of this year, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's year was, you know, second to none. It was unbelievable. He's just a special, special player. And that's another thing. I just think you get a quarterback in here that's able to make the right plays and use that running game that we have. It makes our, I think... Making the right, calling the right protections, getting into the right plays, getting the ball to Hines and, and to our playmakers, our offense will get better. I really believe that. We just need a less volatile quarterback. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be, as I've said a thousand times, but I'm confident we're going to get a guy that's going to have us competitive and have us really in the mix next year um, and, and, and able to throw the ball. That's the key. you got to be able to stop the pass, you got to be able to pass the ball. We were unable to really do that last year, outside of a couple games, and we really need to have that this year to go anywhere. To be, and I'm all about trying to win a division next year. That I mean, I don't think Tennessee is unbeatable. Their defense is certainly formidable, but they're in the same quarterback quandary as we are. I think Tannehill is a little better than Wentz. He does things a little bit better. I think he makes the checkdown type deal. You know, I think he does that a little better. But they're in the same tier to me. And so it's not like we're we're in a division with Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that where, you know, we can't beat these guys. We just, you know, we had to throw the ball against them and we just couldn't do it. In the first game, we threw it forty times with the quarterback that was injured and didn't run Taylor enough. And in the second game, he just played awful and, you know, again didn't run Taylor enough. So, you know, the key to win in this this division is is you know winning divisional games, not losing to friggin' Jacksonville would be a start. I mean, you can split with Tennessee, and, and if we could finally beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville, it'd be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it? But uh, anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, it, I've been on here way too long. Uh, probably, hopefully, nobody's turned the show off on the in the first one. But uh, I tried to answer all your questions and give you what I know. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that there'll be some coaching announcements in the next few days or weeks both on the defensive side and the offensive side. And, you know, we'll see what happens. The, the Combine's coming up. I'll start to cover the draft. We'll get into that. I'm excited about that. Draft is always a lot of fun, talking uh, prospects with you guys, and so I'm really pumped about that. So I'm sure I'll, I'll be getting into that in the next few weeks. Um, I think the Combine starts uh, March 1st in Indy. Is it in Indy this year or is it in Vegas? I, I think it's in Indy, but I could be wrong. But anyway, guys... I appreciate you listening. Hopefully, uh, you'll listen to more shows coming down the pike as we go forward. But as an initial show, lots of information, and uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to do this. I'm really excited about doing this, and uh, we'll see what happens. But you know, I'm always going to ride or die with the Colts. Uh, no matter what happens, I want to see them win. I want to see them get to the you know get to the Super Bowl and win it again. Uh, and hopefully that that can happen sooner rather than later. But, you know, we got to get things right this offseason. There can't be any huge misses, and we we have to make all the right decisions, and I trust Bauer to do that. So, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks for checking out the inaugural edition of Culture Uncut. I hope you guys will come back for many, many more episodes and and support the show. I appreciate everybody, again, that's been with us from day one with me and Luke and supported me and and had my back and, and always been really generous with the comments and really complimentary i appreciate all you guys i don't know if i say that enough but i I just want you to know it doesn't go on it doesn't go unnoticed i really do appreciate everyone and i look forward to doing this show for as long as you guys will listen to it so with that i'll wrap it up hope everybody has a a great weekend and uh, take care i'll talk to you soon